good enough. Cool. And that's a great way to segue into the 52nd episode. Two. Did you ever think we'd get here? Uh, actually, I did. <laughs> I thought we'd have a lot more money by now. Actually, I thought we'd be driving luxury cars. Have sponsored segments every two oh, minutes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we had to stop and read out you know, two-minute ads from all our sponsors. Yeah. Uh, this is the 52nd episode of the Overclocked underscore ZA podcast. Overclocked without any vowels except the O. I am Lindsay Shooters. I'm joined by Kevin Dudley, editor of Tech Magazine, South Africa's largest consumer technology magazine. And we are coming to you live from the floor of the AI Expo Africa. Yes, and the hashtag for that, I believe, is... Hashtag AI Expo Africa. Africa. <laughs> hashtag AI Expo Africa. I mean, following the hashtag is a good way to just get an overview of everything that's going on at the conference. Yeah, yeah I'm currently dying of some sort of <laughs> infection in my body, and my nose has decided that now is the time to announce itself. <laughs> He's surrounded by a pile of dirty tissues, just so you can, you know, get the visual, get the full I'm visual. I it in a, in a citrus peel, <laughs> so at least it smells to nice. To the smell. <laughs> Kevin, diving into it. Oh, it's been a crazy week for tech, but here at the AI Expo, we've sat through the first keynote. It was quite insightful. Mr. Simon C. Yes. From NVIDIA yes. was laying down some truths, some hard truths about AI. Gavin, what, what struck you? We, we really quite enjoyed the Simon C. presentation, actually, because I love it when people are, are so authoritative on their subject. They don't have to refer to their notes. They're not preaching. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're just sharing what they know, and he was just great at that, I have to say. Um, so, some of my top-of-mind um, things. Uh, one of the simpler concepts he explained, which I guess is probably old hat to people in AI, is how you can develop um, generative adversarial networks where you have two networks one of which gets a series of fake pictures one of which gets a series of real pictures and somewhere in between the artificial intelligence manages to generate its own pictures based on the fake and the real and these are entirely new creations this is an interesting way to think of things and when I tried to explain this to Lindsay in the presentation he looked at me like it was old hat and this was already being done <laughs> in other fields already but I thought it was quite interesting because they, they showed a uh, a piece of art that had actually been generated by AI, and um, this piece of art had been auctioned for was it forty thousand dollars or something, something like that? Yeah, mm. I, I would a huge amounts of money. My notes on my iPad. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the original starting price was a few thousand dollars, but it got pushed up wildly just because it's so symbolic of where AI is right now. So this artwork was created <laughs> using generative adversarial networks, which compares the real and the fake and finds a middle ground and creates entirely new material out of it. That was quite interesting. Yeah, that's um, actually the, the, the future of AI technology or neural networks right now, is to interrogate the assumptions that the AI makes. Because if you feed an AI a specific set of data, it will assume certain things of that data when things are quite consistent. Yeah. Um, so when you have an adversarial network, you have just something to check against those assumptions as well. Yes, yes. Another funny example, which wasn't really quoted in the presentation, but I've used this one before, is how when uh, Amazon tried to use artificial intelligence for its recruitment processes, the artificial intelligence kept on selecting men and, and refused to select women for any important positions because in historical data they'd only ever employed men so the AI thought that this is what Amazon wanted it to continue doing and went on you know perpetuating the status quo because that was what the historical data showed which was quite interesting exactly um, then you also get those adversarial networks where um, two AIs will fight in terms of we, we I'm referring to in terms of cybersecurity now where one plays defender and one plays attacker. 
yeah. and they try and find different exploits and defend against it with, within a cybersecurity system. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. So that's one way to do your cybersecurity. But the, the self-learning process also came out in the presentation, which was when algorithm creates a copy of itself in order to play against yes. itself. So this is how many of the comp- the, the artificial intelligences that yeah, that's what DeepMind did with, yeah. with AlphaGo. Yeah, the geek mind creator, who was probably one of the bigger brains at Google ever, I think has subsequently gone mad. I think he's been institutionalized <laughs> and stuff. He just kind of overdid it, I think. But again, so, they're, they're NVIDIA are by far leading the competition because um, they've learned so much from gaming on their hardware. Yes. So they've built these... And how people interact with virtual environments. And they've yeah. built these specific chips and hardware to cope with that sort of load, with that sort of like yes. um, self, self-learning... So one of the one of the other things that came out quite strongly was how the U.S. and China are vying for a dominant position in AI, and whoever does win that battle might well control what the future of civilization looks like, quite literally. Um, and what's emerged that U.S. has had uh, traditionally uh, quite a big lead, but China has caught up rapidly, and it now emerges that China appears to have a more coherent strategy. And its strategy is to deploy AI in every aspect of people's lives, and in that way they will achieve kind of mass scale of AI use in their country. And one of the interesting examples they showed was uh, entire production lines with no intervention whatsoever. They actually showed them producing dumplings, for example. Yes. An entire factory from start to finish dumplings without a single human being present. It was actually quite creepy. You're quite used to seeing human beings hanging around and watching the machines. This just had a completely empty factory with a big machine running with not a single human in sight. So um, China's caught up quite rapidly, and uh, I think they're looking at a showdown in 2020 for who's going to take the lead. Uh, Yeah, China by far should have the lead because they are leading with the strategy of allowing every part of society to interact with some form of AI function. And there was a point about Donald Trump and Huawei. Just don't, don't you want to make that point for us? Um, yeah, we've, we've, we've hammered this issue yeah, we've, yeah. on this in this podcast already. The, the whole trade war with Huawei, the banning, that was just so that they could slow them down in terms of 5G because uh, readiness. Or 5G will result in the interconnectedness of billions and billions many more devices than we have today. That generates so much more data, which is what really powers AI. Um, if you can slow down the rollout of 5G, you can slow down the, oh, the development of the AI. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this might be behind Donald Trump keeping Huawei, the 5G leader, out of the States. But, you know, that's just how it's been presented. Mm. And just moving on, Gavin, just yeah. other headlines that have come out. Uh, iPhones apparently aren't <coughs> as safe as we all think. There was a zero-day, so zero-day attack is a exploit that the manufacturers were unaware of. So it was like a completely new thing discovered by some security flaw. Yeah, yes. Security flaw that they were not aware of. Um, and Google's Project Zero team. Yes. Z- zero day means that as soon as it's found it can be used and there won't be any warning to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So the Project Zero team at Google discovered that there was aggressors using these exploits. It was across fourteen different exploits. And there was like a, it was a whole integrated thing. Yeah, they, they harvesting together. Yeah, they were harvesting personal data from the devices. So you clicked on a website, and the website would load software that would be able to access all of your data through your keychains, so all your passwords, your contact list, everything, and build a shadow profile around you, and be able to target uh, specific groups. So what the headline said was they zeroed in on what. IOS did so. I so Apple patched this in iOS 12 in February, 
shortly after Google informed them about it, but yeah. there were no other reports of other operating systems who were targeted in the in the attack. Like in this report, there was nothing mentioned about anybody else, and it has since come to light that it, it was a targeted attack on a certain community within China. <laughs> It's the, the Muslim community that have now been persecuted since forever. About 160 leaders were arrested last year, possibly using this sort of targeted attack. Mm. Now this is, this is a classic case of where I read the story about how the iPhones were targeted. I didn't read deep enough to find out why or how or any of these uh, socio-economic and cultural issues around that, yeah. which is almost more important than the hack itself, if you think about it. It means they're using cyber tools to target communities for oppression, which is, I think, the bigger, bigger picture. So, remember, a lot of cyber attacks have got nefarious motives. Okay. Yeah, but the, the important lesson in here is it's maybe not the hardware or the software that's at fault. Yeah. It's the human sitting between the attacker and the software that clicks on the website. Okay. So it's just about being mindful of the places that you visit. Although, I mean, in this case, you could hardly be held responsible I yeah. mean, for <laughs> clicking on a website. And I suppose it depends what the website was. Okay. Um, yeah, that's yeah, so interesting. So how has that played out? So information is still coming to light, but we know that the phones have been patched. Yes. As long as you've moved to iOS 12. Yeah. 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 So the latest versions of software updates. Just keep your software updated, guys. It's very important. All the security updates that come through. Yes. Pull them down, install them. It's for the greater good. Just a quick side note. The iPhone launch is on the 10th, 10th of September. Believe, 10th of yeah. September. Next That's time in a week's time. We'll probably be discussing all the new things that happened there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're expecting them to also roll out iOS 13 and maybe other things as well at that launch. But we'll keep you updated. But talking about safety, Gavin, we yeah. need to address something that's quite horrific that has come mm. to light in South African society. Mm. Um, we are by far a world leader in terms of reported cases of rape and violence against women and, and children. Fem femicide. femicide. Yeah, no, it has a name. Gavin, we have all this technology and they, I, I feel that there are tools that everybody carries with them where you can guard yourself or at least make people aware of where you are, the location, send out SOS messages if you are in trouble. Yeah, it amazes me that people don't use this more often, but I guess, you know, it's hard to react. When the, by the time something's underway, it becomes very hard at that point to make rational decisions, to load up tools, to press on buttons, because you're normally being surprised. I mean, it's absolutely horrific what's going on, and we could argue that this is part of a much bigger socio-economic problem yes. in the country, that people's criminality is coming to the fore, because there's just nothing to stop them, nothing to slow them down. But you don't have to be a victim if you want to maybe leverage some of these digital tools for yourself. Um, our family has grown up with a tool called Life360. So Life360 allows you to track the movements of everyone in your family and even your extended family and friends, whoever joins up to the service. Yeah. Uh, you can set how much you want to know about their movements or how little. You want to be notified when they arrive home, when they leave home. You know, you can set all these things within the app itself. And at any one time, you can look at a map and it'll show you where all your important people are, are located on the map. So our children grew up with this as part of our digital contract with them. We're funding their phones. We're supplying them with great gear. All they have to give us in return is to join up with the service, keep it activated so that we know where they are when. And occasionally, we've allowed them to turn it off. We want them to have a wild time and don't want to be concerned about it. But by and large... Um, 
we check in from time to time just to make sure they're in the vicinity of where they're supposed to be and so on. Even as they grew older, this became part of our digital contract with them. And I'm glad to say that's worked out and given us a sense of security. So that's Life360. It's a free app. You can join all your family members and your extended family as well. Yeah, so obviously in the Apple ecosystem, there is a service called Find My, um, where if you have a family network of, of devices, you can enable all of those and you can track maybe your friends, your family, your loved ones who use Apple devices anywhere where they might be in the world. Uh, you can see them on a map. You can. Uh, that's just a, it's, it's a great service. Uh, I'm not particularly supportive of digital surveillance. Yeah, um, sure. I, I try and allow people to roam sure, freely. Sure. But I mean, in today's world, uh, there, there's a lot of functions. There's functions on, on Apple, there's functions on Android devices, yeah. where you can set like the power button, you click it three times to send out the SOS to set to like okay, three so or five numbers. Right. It's interested in how you set that. I'm guessing there's a, probably a separate app you have to use that will activate um, that. Within the settings, I think they introduced it. Oh, okay, in, that's interesting. Uh, Android 7. Oh. Oh, a long time ago. Okay, yeah, that's, a, that's a little known hack, that. Okay. So, so, like, firstly, you need to set up in case of emergency. Yes, who it's, it's going like to notify. In, in, yeah. in, your, in your phone. And then there are various ways. I'm not okay with, it, with, it work, with the inner workings of it on every single device. Mm -hmm. um, but Samsung has a, has a great tool uh, where you, I think you just search for alerts in your... Mm. Um, when you're searching in, in your settings. Okay. Uh, what's WhatsApp's particularly good at this as well? You can at any time <laughs> share your location, and if people know that you're traveling from one place to another, they can keep track of you in Google Maps. If you've shared your location through WhatsApp, you can, you can follow the person's progress on Google Maps, and it will even notify when you get to your destination. I believe Uber's built a number of security features into their app as well. I think there might be a one-press panic button that now appears on the screen while you're riding. Yeah. I haven't used it or even seen it, but this is what I've heard. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've used it. I used it constantly, um, especially when I, my arm was broken and I was... Uh -huh. Commuting feeling chiefly, vulnerable chiefly yeah. through, through Uber, um, yeah. Where I just share any trip that I'm on with my wife, and she knows exactly where I am. And, and those are the, like those other things are, are great. Uh, I, in, in Samsung, it's called Send SOS Message, and you can set up so it can send pictures and your last location as well. Yes, uh, be aware that these things that use GPS tracking are going to eat into your phone's battery life, but we think the trade off is probably well worth it in the end. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's just a good way to keep tabs on, on where your, your loved ones are or to send out emergency messages should you be in a situation. I actually, yes. I actually was actually advising someone on Twitter who was inquiring about where she should buy pepper spray. Ooh. Um, where not all pepper sprays are made the same. Some right. of them are some kind of, of like proper a... Tear gas. Yeah, <laughs> some of them are, are like a, a mist yes. and some of them are stream. Squirt, yeah. Like the mist stuff don't work well when you're in motion or in windy yes, conditions, yes. but if you're cornered in an alley... Gosh, um, I never thought of this. Okay. <laughs> that's right. where you use that sort of thing. The stream thing, it, it's a more powerful sort of stream, yeah, yeah. but you need more accuracy. More accurate, yeah. uh, but it works like if you're on a bicycle, if you're running, right. or uh, in windy okay. conditions as well. Okay. Like I learned those things because I was violently mugged on my bicycle yeah. and then was scared enough to invest in the mm. sort of knowledge and All right. the equipment. But yeah, not a very techy <laughs> solution, Lindsay, but hey, I'm sure it's very effective. Uh, Self-defense okay. self is paramount. I'm teaching my daughter so, how to box. Like, just be able to throw a punch if needed. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of things you can think about in order to not be a victim, although we have to acknowledge that 
you know, we're just living in an incredibly difficult time for, especially for women and children. Yeah. So look after those close to you. Um, there's a proper article about all the different ways you can look after your loved ones, uh, now published on the Tech Magazine website, which is Tech Magazine Kozar. You can go there and just search for anything about safety and security or search for loved ones and you'll find the story. It explains all these things. Cool. Uh, Gavin, moving on to something a bit lighter. Yes. Uh, so we dove into the Take A Lot app. And we went yes. to the deals. So we go to the hamburger menu and you go to... So from the front page, you went to all deals, right? Yes, yeah. all deals. And then we went to get the best in tech. And each of us has chosen one hero device at a great price that <laughs> we found in there. <laughs> go for it, Kevin. Okay, JBL. JBL has got a really strong brand equity in South Africa. And for good reason, very little of their stuff performs poorly at all, generally performs very well. It's well-built, well-made. They've got a strong brand. Um, and JBL have got some great wireless headphones. The JBL E55 BT, BT standing for Bluetooth, wireless over-ear headphones. So these are kind of wearing at your desk. They're very comfortable, sound fantastic, great bass response. These are almost a steal at the price, which is 999, 1,000 Rand, 999 Rand for the JBL E55 BT cordless headphones. Fantastic sound. You won't do better for 1,000 Rand. Um, for me, I've gone with a TV. <laughs> um, we, we can discuss at length about my thoughts about TVs. Uh, the only thing I don't like about this TV, it only has two HDMI ports, which could be yeah. limiting in future. I mean, I'm, I'm finding there's so much streaming going on these days that I'm using less and less of the HDMI and using none of the USBs almost. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So going. this is the JVC 39 inch. For me, the sweet spot is 40 inches. So 39 inches right up my alley. LED TV with built-in soundbar, Gavin. Oh. And that's selling for the amazing price of 3,000 Rand, 2999 right now on the Take Lot. That's a steal. I mean, that's just like a casual purchase. I'm not suggesting that everyone's got 3,000 Rand lying around. But the usual, the usual list price is 4,300 Rand. Right. So this okay. is like a full, this is, this is a crazy Okay, and that, that, will, that will service a medium-sized room just adequately. I'm going to throw one more in there. The Huawei Y7, which really, really impressed me. I've been playing with the Y9 Prime, which is probably my top-ranking mid-range phone at the moment. The but one just, with the pop-up camera. Yeah, with the pop-up camera. But just before that, the Huawei Y7 impressed me hugely as well. It's only got 32 gigs of storage, um, but it comes in great shimmery colors and really a top performer, and that's going for 3,200 Rand on Take A Lot right now. Um, for any of you mobile filmmakers who are rolling with um, mirrorless cameras, the Ziyuntech Crane M2 gimbal stabilizer Ooh. is now 4,000 Rand, down from the usual 4,700 Rand that it is on Take A Lot. And it's, it's just a cool gimbal it does pretty much everything you needed to do and yeah it's great all right well uh, the tech magazine website is now live at tech magazine kozar that's really been my project for the last month or so congratulations thank you sir thank you <laughs> it's taken a long time for us to come to the web just because we saw it as a bit of a dead medium people just weren't that interested in it but we're hoping to inject some love there so you're going to look out for our our top listings top five phones top five laptops top five headphones and so on and find out if you're going to buy something this month or this year, buy something with our top five lists. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, I've got a ton of YouTube content coming out. My YouTube oh. channel is really starting to grow. That's That Opinion Guy on YouTube. Um, yeah, I've got the Sony 60, A6400 review coming up where it's just a broader discussion about 
using these cameras in different situations and trying to save money on that. Um, there's a bit of talk about the current state of healthcare and the NHI launching <laughs> out, also coming out. Right. Yeah, and the NHI is a jolly interesting topic, actually. Um, yeah, and you can find all of that on thatopinionguy.co.za as well, alongside all my other daily commentaries on various news topics happening in technology and politics. All right. I think we're back to the the AI Expo. I'm about to attend a session on um, leveraging the power of AI in a rapidly evolving world for economic good, being addressed by Kay Firth Butterfield from the World Economic Forum. She's the head of AI for the World Economic Forum. And I'm really interested to see how they're going to use AI for social good. That'll be jolly interesting. I'm off to that right now. I am going to go home and drug myself and try and get over this infection. And I will see you tomorrow back at the AI Expo. And Africa. that is hashtag AI Expo Africa. Yeah. Do visit and find out what's going on there. Over and out. Cheers. <laughs>